Alleluia. Jesus Christ has risen. I'm praying for you. When I hear those words, I feel a quiet peace come over me. I find comfort in those words, just knowing that the person is there for me. And I know that the person who utters those words cares for me. I am touched, for those are tender and kind words, similar to the words, I love you. My question for us today as we look at the gospel reading is, what would you think if Jesus said those words to you? I'm praying for you. How would that make you feel? I believe the answer to that question relies on your relationship with Jesus. Because prayer is intimate. Prayer is like praise, thanksgiving, and reverence. It's an act of worship. It is a laying down of self, an intimate sharing of our hearts. When we come to God in prayer, we're effectively worshiping God. We're putting God at the center of our lives, our focus, and it's greater than any situation or avenue of help in the world. In today's gospel, we find Jesus at prayer. It is the culmination of his ministry, his journey, his time spent with the disciples, and the messages delivered these last several Sundays. For these last several Sundays, we have looked closely at the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples as recorded in the Gospel of John. Let not your heart be troubled. I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We heard Reverend Bill state that the signs of the reign of God are all are welcomed, all are fed, all are sheltered, all are healed, all are free. Those are the goals that must guide our choices. Father Bill told us we all need to come to God through a life of prayer, faithfulness, holiness, graciousness, and love. And last Sunday, Reverend Bill said, John's gospel reminds us that change always brings uncertainty and anxiety. But whatever happens, we will not face it alone. All powerful messages, messages that Jesus communicated to his disciples and still communicates to us. So this morning, we find ourselves at the end of a dialogue between Jesus and his disciples. We're still in the upper room, but now there is a slight change in the direction of Jesus's words of whom he is addressing. The disciples are still listening to Jesus speak, but now his words are not directed to them. Now Jesus lifts his eyes to heaven and speaks to his heavenly father. The disciples listen as Jesus prays. They listen as he prays for himself, as he prays for them, and as he prays for us. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people, to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. To glorify means to give honor and dignity and respect 
that can be seen by others. This is a public act, not a private one. Jesus is asking to be glorified so that his glory may be seen by others. And in seeing his glory, they will worship him. And in worshiping him, they will worship the one who sent him. The disciples listen to Jesus' prayer when he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. What do you think they were thinking? That the time had finally arrived for Jesus to do what they had so longed and hoped for? That the hour had come for him to organize a revolution, to overthrow the government and cleanse the corruption from the temple? The hour had come for Jesus to call down a legion of angels from heaven to fight for him and establish his kingdom on earth. No, that's not what Jesus' kingdom is all about. Again, I ask you to recall what Reverend Bill said, that the signs of Jesus' kingdom are all are welcomed, all are fed, all are sheltered, all are healed, all are free. Jesus was about to be arrested, bound, and falsely accused, and in this, God will glorify him. Isaiah foretold that he will be despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their face. And in this, God will glorify him. Crucified, died, and buried. And in this, God the Father will glorify his Son, with Gloria and Excelsius Deo, glory to God in the highest. Jesus continued to pray to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent to give eternal life. Eternal life is not reserved until we die. Rather, it's something we can share now through Jesus. We receive eternal life the moment we trust in Jesus, the moment we know him and begin to have a relationship with him. We don't just receive the gift of eternal life. We also have the privilege of having a vibrant, loving relationship with God. We receive this gift every week when we gather together to hear Jesus give glory to God by revealing God's compassion, forgiveness, love, and healing to us, even when the gathering is not in person. This is what Father Bill was talking about two Sundays ago when he said, we all need to come to God through a life of prayer, faithfulness, holiness, graciousness, and love. God's ways are not our own. Jesus is glorified in his terrible suffering and death. This is what God sent the Son into the world to do. His perfect and willing obedience to do God's will glorifies God. Jesus in his prayer said, I glorify you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, Glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And God glorified Jesus by raising him from the dead. 
Jesus sitteth at the right hand of the Father, and giving the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, and this is to the glory of God. God sent the Son into the world to suffer and die, and the Son came into the world and accomplished God's will, not for his sake only. And here is where the I love you part of the Jesus prayer comes in. He did this for our sake, so that we may see his glory and praise him. Jesus continues in prayer. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. And they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them. And they have received them and know in truth that I came from you. And that they have believed that you sent me. I am not asking on their behalf. I am not asking on the behalf of the world. But on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. This is a perfect unity that God gives his word to the Son, so that the Son may speak his word to us, and by his word bring us to the knowledge of God. From the beginning, Jesus' mission has been revelation. He is the Logos, the Word the one sent to reveal God to us. He has made God's name known. Jesus establishes the chain of custody by which God's words are transmitted. The words came from the Father who gave them to the Son, who in turn gave them to us. We have not rejected these words. We have received them. We are receptive to the words that Jesus gave us because we know that Jesus was sent by God. The gospel reading for today is not the prayer in its entirety, but for today it includes with Jesus saying, and now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. These last words Draw our attention in the direction to look forward, to look forward to next week, to Pentecost. We anticipate with joy the coming of the Holy Spirit, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who gives us knowledge of the one true God, which is eternal life. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit is God's protection for us. Even during these times, searching for a new rector, the coronavirus, and all the events in our daily lives. The Holy Spirit is God's gift to us. Remember what Reverend Bill said last Sunday, that John's gospel reminds us that change always brings uncertainty and anxiety, but whatever happens, we will not face it alone. We have the comfort, support, and protection of the advocate, the Holy Spirit. I am praying for you. Find comfort in those words 
just knowing that the person who utters those words cares for you. Those words which mean, I love you. So pray for each other and love each other in Jesus' name. Amen.